everyone. Uh, before we get into the episode, I want to let you know what is going to be on this episode of That's What G Said podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about best scary movies. We have a bracket set up with the 64 best scary movies. We want to get your vote. So make sure to go follow on Twitter at It's Me, Gino B, and start voting in the polls for the best scary movie. College football, a couple of plays for the week. NFL, week seven recaps. And then week eight game previews. We'll give you our best bets. And then we'll talk some horse racing for Saturday and for Sunday. It's closing day at Keeneland. A couple plays there. And then Sunday, they have a really cool all two-year-old card at Churchill Downs. Uh, a few races that we'll talk about. Uh, I think have a couple plays on that Sunday card. So lots, especially if you're a one who likes to fire away. We'll have some college football, some NFL football for you, and some horse racing plays for Saturday and for Sunday. Sit back and enjoy. And don't forget, Stable Duel. Get to StableDuel.com right now or, or look for the Stable Duel app. They announced their back-to-back at the Breeders' Cup contest. Stable Duel has a new game. It combines fantasy sports and handicapping. And they have their biggest and their most exciting promotional contest to date. Back-to-back at the Breeders' Cup. All the contestants, including me, will be competing over two days. Uh, different contest, And on Friday, there will be $5,000 in prizes. And on Saturday... in prizes And you don't have to be just a winner Payouts to the top 50 finishers Friday The top 75 finishers on Saturday Next week we're going to do a full stable duel lineup So if you don't know what it is Go right now, download, sign up It's completely free Makes you know total sense to just take a shot See uh, see if it's something that you're interested in And I'll help you out We'll, uh, We'll set a lineup next week As soon as the entries for the Breeders' Cup are out Enjoy this episode Hello everybody, no time to waste today We have a lot to talk about and I'm a little late getting this episode out So I want to make sure we get everything in for you So plenty of time uh, for those of you who are playing the, the college games or the NFL games Or who are playing some races this weekend Before we get into all the uh, the good sports stuff It's Halloween time, right? It's October, it's that scary time of the year So the next best Movie tournament for that's what G said Is going to be best scary movies We asked you uh, For all of your specific Favorite scary movies I got a lot of posts from you on Twitter At it's me Gino B Thanks to everyone for uh, for sending in your post And the field is now set I am quickly going to go through The bracket of 64 And the voting will begin By the time this podcast is out And you're listening there will be some polls up on Twitter at it's me Gino B. I think one of the heavy favorites, The Exorcist against Shallow Grove, Night of the Living Dead, the Str- versus the Strangers, It versus Helter Skelter, The Ring versus the Others, The Birds versus the Thing, Evil Dead versus When a Stranger Calls, Carrie versus Don't Look Now, Scream versus Videodrome, Psycho, another one I figure uh, will probably make it to uh, 
to one of the final rounds versus Black Christmas, Get Out versus Hounds of Love, The Fog versus Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Child's Play versus The Fly, Silence of the Lambs, Hello Clarice versus Pet Cemetery, Invasion of the Body Snatchers versus Paranormal Activity, The Omen versus The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Jaws versus The Blob. That's the first half of the bracket. Second half, Halloween versus 28 Days Later, Children of the Corn versus The Purge. Alien vs. The Craft, The Blair Witch Project versus It Follows, Saw vs. Dawn of the Dead, The Descent vs. Cabin in the Woods, Jeepers Creepers versus The Sixth Sense, Nightmare on Elm Street vs. The Conjuring, Poltergeist versus House of Wax, The Orphan vs. Frankenstein, Rosemary's Baby versus The Vanishing, Friday the 13th vs. Godzilla, Texas Chainsaw Massacre vs. The Mist, I Know What You Did Last Summer vs. Dracula, Final Destination vs. They Live, and The Shining versus VHS. So, whew, took a while to get that bracket all set up. But we have a field ready for the best scary movies. I love Halloween. Big fan. Hey, make sure to give those trick-or-treaters some good stuff out there, okay? Give the little ones some good stuff. Give them some nice candy. Nothing about learning or anything like that. That's the fun night for them. Give them, give them some good candy. No healthy stuff. No granola. That stuff's fine on a different day. Halloween, give them some good chocolate. NCAA football plays for the week. Still struggling in NCAA. Just kind of like, we've had, one. I think, one bad week, and then basically we've been around 500 since then. So 10 and 12 total against the spread. Four plays this week for you. The first one is um, Notre Dame at Michigan. This Notre Dame, you can find. Uh, I found them on Bet America at plus one. Harbaugh is one in twelve versus top ten opponents against Michigan. Notre Dame's coming off a bye. Michigan's coming off a tough loss to Penn State. Notre Dame is number one in the nation in turnover margin. Michigan is ranked in the eighties. They have just a bad offense, and I don't know if they get down if they're going to be able to keep up. With Notre Dame off of another tough week Playing another tough opponent here And Notre Dame still has a lot to play for Uh, They need need some help But they, you know, winning out And things breaking their way They could have a chance to sneak in uh, to a playoff Notre Dame You could get this money line if I think at minus 105 if you're getting plus 1 there So let's just play Notre Dame money line there uh, Against Michigan Second play Kansas State Look for the plus 24. I got that, um, and it's out there in some in some spots. 23, 23 and a half is okay, but 24 is just so much nicer. They're playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a couple of tough games still left on their schedule. They still have to play Iowa State, Baylor, and then their rival Oklahoma State. Kansas State is really not bad. They actually have a pretty good pass defense, and th- their problem really is they, they don't, Score points they, they offensively are not great But I think they might be able to keep this game with Just within 24 here It just feels like it's too many points uh, You know they could be down 30 And just get a garbage time score late And I, I feel like this might be a game That Oklahoma's just kind of looking past a little bit With a couple big games still on their schedule For them to try to uh, complete What's been an excellent season so far Third play Wisconsin Plus the 14 and a half Yeah we all saw Wisconsin last week 30 point favorite They lost to Illinois And it was a total trap game Where they were looking ahead to this They, This Wisconsin team to me They you know, they are as good as we've seen 
any of these really good Wisconsin teams, you know, over the last decade, they're always good, but then, you know, they kind of struggle in the big games. I don't know if they're going to beat Ohio State because Ohio State has looked as good as anyone. But 14 and a half and 15 in some spots, that is just a bit too much. So, you know, they can run the ball. Wisconsin can run the ball well. They'll slow things down. I don't think they're going to try to leave it in the hands of their quarterback. And the real key for Wisconsin is you can't get down early. If they can get the first score in the game or if they're able to just kind of battle back and forth where they can keep running the ball, they cannot get too far behind because if you know if they're if they have to become one dimensional, that's where they're in real trouble. But I like Wisconsin in here plus the 14 and a half. That's just too much. You know, if you get 15s out there, take that. I'm I'm on the Wisconsin side obviously, so and the best line that you can get always search for. And then we will go with LSU minus 10 and a half against Auburn. I just don't like Auburn. I don't think much of Auburn and I LSU it's funny because I, I'm going to basically say the same thing I said about LSU. Uh, but LSU is my favorite team in the country that's not my, my USC Trojans is to root for. They are so fun. Burrow is so good. And I, I think they're just going to, I really think they're going to beat up on Auburn in here. And I think they're just, Auburn will not be able to score and keep up with LSU. To me, you know, I looked at a couple of the, the, the other bigger lines, and I just don't know how good Auburn really is. So, you know, with with Kansas State, we like the the dog. With Wisconsin, we like the dog. We'll go the other way here, just because I'm not. I think this is going to be a game, a real big statement game for LSU. They have the second highest scoring team in the country. Auburn has not won at LSU since 1999. No, they don't need to win here, but I think this is at least a two score game. And I think uh, LSU probably wins this game by 20. Four plays, Notre Dame. Money line, Michigan at Michigan. Make sure you're getting the the plus. Though I don't want to take if it's like plus if it's like minus two or something. Make sure you're getting the uh, the minus one hundred five on that money line. Kansas State plus the twenty four against Oklahoma. Wisconsin plus the fourteen and a half at Ohio State, and then LSU minus the ten and a half against Auburn. Let's get into NFL Week Seven on the uh, the Thursday night. We talked a little bit about it last week. Kansas City crushed Denver even after Mahomes got injured. They they sacked Flacco and Denver, uh, I think Flacco eight times in a total of nine sacks in that game, and uh, they were all over Denver. They absolutely crushed them. The won't spend a lot of time on the blowout games. The Pats beat the Jets thirty three to nothing, and this is the game for poor Sam Darnold, where Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. We all kind of heard. Throughout the week, we we heard he was mic'd up in that game, and he said he was seeing ghosts. Sam was 11 for 32 for 86 yards, four interceptions, and a fumble. The Patriots' D, ranked by Football Outsiders, who is a very reputable website that you know ranks everything based on DVOA, which DVOA is... Defense adjusted value over average It's a system that breaks down every Single play and compares the team's Performance to the league average Based on situation In order to determine value over average This is some really good stuff Love it, it's one of my favorite Research tools when I'm, you know Analyzing games, breaking the games down I like to watch the film and then you compare It with the numbers and you can, you know You have to do both but these are great Great numbers to compare with the film And the Patriots are the best all the the 
best all time defense through seven games. They are the absolute best. <laughs> now, they haven't played much of a schedule, but their defense has just been incredible. Now, remember, they, they've played a bad schedule, but they still have the 23rd remaining strength of schedule left. So, this defense is legit, but I still think they're a little overvalued because of their schedule. The well, we'll talk about the the Cowboys Eagles game real quick too because that was another blowout. Um, yeah, it's bad, huh? The Thursday night game was awful. The Monday night game was awful, and the Sunday night game was awful. Just blowouts. The Cowboys just beat the crap out of the Eagles. The Eagles fumbled. Uh, they they won thirty seven to ten. The Eagles fumbled on their first two drives, and they were both Dallas touchdowns. And well, the first one they set the Cowboys up on the fourteen yard line. Or the second TD set the Cowboys up on the 14-yard line With 8.56 left in the first quarter It was 14-0 And they're playing Dallas in Dallas And Dallas is getting the ball to start the second half Philly scored a touchdown It was 14-7 And then a strong Cowboys second quarter They scored 13 points It was 27-7 at half And that's really the game Because they get the ball to start Philly just could not move the ball at all Offensively they were inept They had 283 total yards They were just playing from behind all game Generally you rack up some garbage total yards Just garbage yards when you're behind And they just could not at all They were just 3 of 9 on 3rd down They had 4 turnovers Wentz was bad Um, He threw into traffic for uh, a couple times And there should have been another interception It was just an absolute beatdown by Dallas the Eagles actually dropped from 8th in the DVOA rankings to 15th in one game. That's how bad they were overall. And they went from 6th to 18th in offense overall. It, just in that one game. What's crazy about the Eagles, and we'll hope they bounce back a little bit this week because they're going to be a team we talk about in, in, the, in the game previews. They had two of the best single game ratings of the year In week 4 and week 5 But their other 5 games are negative scores And it has a lot to do with the injuries that the Eagles have But they've got more problems than just the injuries Like Wentz has not looked great They've had some inconsistencies running the ball Every time it feels like they're going to start running well They don't Um, Their receivers have had some bad drops also Overall And their secondary has been bad Like Overall for a team that I thought was going to be a lot better They've been highly disappointing and now we'll start with uh, another beat down the Rams, beat down the Falcons, thirty-seven ten. I mean, the Falcons are just miserable. Zyrline actually missed a forty-yard field goal early in this game, but then Gurley had a nice thirteen-yard touchdown catch. He put the Rams up ten-three. Atlanta is 29th in the league in yards rushing per game. They're twenty-fifth in yards per rush. They only had thirty-eight yards rushing total against the Rams, and you're just not going to be able to win when you're so one-dimensional like that. You have to be able to run the ball a little bit And it's crazy because Freeman's not bad The offensive line for the Falcons is just so bad This is the this is the team that I was the most wrong about this year I thought they would be a playoff team I really did I thought they'd bounce back They had talent Their defense just got a little banged up And it's just been bad I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll raise my hand and admit when I was wrong This team was awful I, know, I, I thought they would be able to win You know, 9-10 games Buffalo, they were struggling against Miami um, for a while. They took a big drop also in these DVOA rankings. They were up, Miami was up 14 to 9 halfway through the third quarter. They tried a fake field goal on fourth and one from the four. They got it. But then it was first and goal at the two 
Miami got no points out of that They ended up losing They had a fumble, got it back They lost 10 yards and then an interception And Miami could have easily been up there 17-9 Could have put a t- scored a touchdown And been up even more 21-9 Game could have been quite different But then Buffalo scores a touchdown And now all of a sudden It's 17-14 Buffalo And both teams punt Miami fumbles Buffalo scores a touchdown And then just like quickly Miami's down 10 When they could have been Up double digits That's what happens when you're a bad team Just ha- it, it just It flips for you That quickly And the Bills, who I, you know, I've backed a couple times this year. I, I like this Buffalo team. They are ranked as the worst five in one team in history. Now, they have had an easy schedule. Only New England has played an easier schedule so far, and then only New England plays an easier schedule over the course of the entire season. And the Patriots and Bills are projected to play two of the five easiest schedules. That this site has ever tracked And it's crazy Kickers This is a quote from them Kickers for some reason seem totally unable to kick against the Bills Bills opponents are 2 of 8 on field goals With only 1 of those blocked by the Bills They've also missed 2 extra points 2 of their wins over the Jets and the Titans Are directly tied to missed kicks by the other team So A very good defense That struggled a little bit last week Their offense has been not great they might regress a little bit, but keep that in mind throughout the season as they go forward and they play against decent teams because they're a team that has benefited greatly from their schedule. Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Jags 27, the Be- uh, Bengals 17. This was a really strong game for the Jags. It didn't quite look as much on paper. They actually should have won by a lot more. They got stopped on a fourth and one on their opening drive. They had to kick a field goal from the three-yard line. The Bengals were actually up 9-7 in this game. In the third quarter And the Jags Outgained the Bengals 460 to 291 They had four takeaways And this moved the Jags All the way up which is kind of crazy They're the number 12th rated team Overall In overall DVOA And they're higher than Houston or Indianapolis Now in their division And they're higher ranked Offensively than they are defensively When we think about Jacksonville We think of like a strong dominant defense But this year their offense has actually been Pretty efficient They run the ball really really well And then Minshew is able to make big plays And you know this team Is quietly 3-4 and four. They're right they're right in the thick of things In the, in the wide open division as we all assumed a, a division that we all assumed Wide open I don't know how many people assumed uh, Jacksonville Especially after Foles went down, I, I, I like Jacksonville. I think they were one of the. Uh, I bet them to win the division this year, and they were one of my sneaky teams. But then when Foles went down, I was concerned, and I've been so pleased with with Minshew, uh, the fact that he's able to just kind of keep them right around five hundred. Didn't expect this team to be like a twelve win team, but maybe a nine or ten win team. And uh, you know they get lucky in a couple games, the ball bounces for them. Hey, they're a six point favorite this weekend, six and a half point favorite this weekend, seven I think. Now looking at it, yeah, it's moved all the way up to seven in the about to play. So. Jags just were able to handle the Bengals there And the Bengals are just awful Minnesota-Detroit This game was 42-30 The Vikings beat the Lions Dalvin Cook had 25 carries 
for 142 yards. Cousins was 24 for 34 for 337 yards and four touchdowns. It, at one point in the game, Minnesota had four consecutive touchdown drives between the late first and the third quarter. He's the first quarterback in history to throw for 300 yards with 130 plus passer rating in three straight games. Yes, Kirk Cousins, who just a few weeks ago everybody was saying, bench the guy, get rid of him, what are we doing? Now he's always going to be under the microscope a little bit. Um, Mike Abadir, my co-host on the Mike Abadir show, mentioned this point yesterday that because of the money, you're always going to hold him to a little bit of higher standard because how much he gets paid, but he's been excellent right now. And then Minnesota won again on Thursday night when they beat the Redskins. There were four touchdowns in this game for Marvin Jones. It was actually the third straight loss for Detroit, and it was a bad loss. And now they lost their running back, on Johnson. He had to go on IR. Minnesota had 504 yards. Total they had 7.1 yards per play Detroit had 433 It was a back and forth game And Detroit was down 28-24 with about 850 With 850 left in the game and the Lions Went for a fourth and two on the mini 41 stopped them Vikings were able to score a touchdown and get up 35-24 And in a game where you're both scoring And going back and forth now there are a few Little things that happened throughout the game uh, That hurt the Lions but um, you, you have to just be able to kind of answer and counter And back and forth Minnesota's fourth in the NFL in yards per rush as a team and third in yards per game rushing with 160. He's run the ball really well with Cook, obviously, and then even when it's not Cook, with, with Madison. Packers 42, the Raiders 24. You know, this game was 14-10 Green Bay when o- um, Oakland had the ball on the one-yard line. They were about to score a touchdown, and they fumbled. It would have been 17-14 Oakland Instead Green Bay gets the ball They go 80 yards in a minute 37 To score a touchdown before the half So now they're up 20 Now they're up 21-10 And then Green Bay gets the ball to start the second half And then they get up 28-10 And that's just it I thought the Raiders played really well uh, And Rodgers was incredible He had 429 yards passing 5 touchdowns and a rushing touchdown He had 8 different receivers He was 25 of 31 He had a perfect passer rating for the first time in his career Oakland actually had more total yards And they ran the ball much better But the 8 penalties for 97 yards And the big fumble that hurt them A couple turnovers for the Raiders total So that that ended up being the difference in the game And Green Bay with Rodgers Had the best single game Offenses performance of the year So far It's always amazing when someone like Rodgers Who's been around for so long like does something that he's never done before Or has like a best game that he's ever had before Amazing And the Packers They're 6-1 and one right now Colts 30 Texans 23 Couple uh, real important Parts of this game Third downs Indy was 8-16 they're, they're good on third down with Brissett Houston was just 4-12 of 12, And Brissett had a you know, he had a really good game. He did have some mistakes late, though, that could have cost him because the Colts just kept leaving the Texans in the game, giving him a chance. He was 26 for 39 for 326 yards. He had four touchdowns. And uh, of his incompletions, six of them were throwaways. So it was really good overall. He was only sacked one time. The Colts couldn't run the ball, so they had to lean on Brissett a little bit. Early in the game, the Texans had an opportunity um, kind of to get up a little bit bigger. But they were only able to score field goals every time they got to the red zone. One of the times they actually started on the Colts four. And so at halftime, it was 14 9. 
Colts. Colts got up 28-16. And, you know, there were a couple big plays. Uh, a big fourth down that... There were two instances late where the Texans got a fourth and then they got stopped for a fourth. But it just kept seeming like the, the Brissett would kind of help... Like, the Colts, for a team that's very well coached, did make some mental mistakes late. And they didn't really come back to bite them, but they very well could have. Um, Brissett stopped the clock when they were up. He threw a couple passes away. Um, he did that actually like multiple times. Like all of his throwaways were late in the game, and Pascal ran out of bounds at one point when he didn't have to. The Texans just kept getting the ball back and getting the ball back, and there was a really weird play at the end of the game where the Texans had the ball, they couldn't move it. And instead of down five, instead of they, they were going to take a safety, but they called a timeout before taking the safety, which is bizarre. If you're going to take a safety, just take the delay of game. It doesn't matter. Take the safety. But you, so you, the Texans took the safety. The Colts got the ball. The Texans got the ball back, but then they only had two, two timeouts. It was really weird. And that's those are the little things with Bill O'Brien that people kind of scratch their head about. Yeah, these two teams will be you know fighting it out for this division. The Cardinals and Kyler Murray has just been so impressive. He's been so much better than I had just ever imagined. Um, the Cardinals sacked Daniel Jones eight times. For negative 67 yards They had an interception, 3 fumbles, 2 fumbles lost The Giants were down in this game 17 to nothing And they came back But They had a couple issues also Aldrick Rojas Doinked a a field goal, you missed one They were able to get back Cut cut the deficit To 24-21 Before a, a late field goal From the cards And it they, the cards felt like they kind of ran out of gas a little bit uh, Edmonds, who was really good at running the ball early in the game He seemed like he was a little bit tired He's kind of going to get negative yards, negative yards over and over to, to finish the game The really interesting numbers, though, are also with Lamar Jackson And what he's been doing And he is on pace to set all kinds of rookie records for... Passing for past completions um, He's going to be top 5 In Rushing, rushing attempts And I just didn't know Think that he was this good of a thrower uh, He's really, really impressed me 49ers, Redskins This game was a complete bog There Was rain and wind This game was 0-0 at the half And you know, Washington was in this game late, but they never really felt like they were going to win the game. Garoppolo was not good. He was not great in the weather. And they made a, a Shanahan and, and the 49ers made a lot of adjustments in, at the in the second half to just to kind of run the ball and short passes and not really ask too much of Jimmy G. There were only 21 total completions in this game and only 228 passing yards total. They missed both teams missed field goals. And they then they then after missing the field goals, you could tell that they didn't really even want to continue to try like longer field goals. So they just were like starting to go for it a lot more. First half, the the Redskins, you know, they were tied. And they had some opportunities 
in uh, in the third quarter, about with 129 left, they were on the 49ers 20 yard, 29 yard line. But then uh, a fumble gave the 49ers the ball at their own 41, and they were able to move the ball a little bit. Kittle, Tevin Coleman, at least they were able to realize that they shouldn't have kicked the field goal there. They went for it. And they just were a little bit better a coach team. You could tell that Callahan just doesn't do anything creative. And sh- that's the difference in a game like this. Like, this was a bad game, a, a trap game type for San Francisco. They've been in some good spots so far throughout the year. This was not a good one with the weather and the travel. Jimmy G was struggling. They're banged up now on the offensive line. This is a game they, that a, a, a lesser coach team would have lost. And so I continue to be impressed with San Francisco each and every week. The Chargers just continue to find ways to lose each and every year. It's unbelievable. They were inside of the red zone with 49 seconds left in the game. Rivers to Eckler. Looked like Eckler scored, but his elbow was down. And it was ruled a touchdown on the field, but they showed that he was actually down. So that... Gave them first and goal from the one yard line with 39 seconds. False start penalty. They backed up, but then a defensive pass interference. So they're right back where they were, 34 seconds left. Melvin Gordon looks like he gets into the end zone. No, not a touchdown. Gordon had reached the ball across, but uh, ball at the ground. And before it hit the, or before it hit the ground, his knee was down. So it looked like twice now they scored a game winning touchdown and it was overturned. 19 seconds. They run the same play for Gordon. He's down again, but he fumbles. It's incredible that they can't get in. Titans recover it, and then Tannehill takes a knee. And a lot of one of the bigger problems for the, the Chargers this year, they have a lot of injuries. They just their defense has been miserable. They're ranked number 27 overall. Tannehill had 312 yards and an 80% completion rate. They're hurting without some of their in um their secondary. When James is the big one They are in some trouble right now The Chargers are 2-5 and five. Final two games of the week were Saints-Bears and this one was a beatdown And it's not even as close as the final score looks The Saints were without Kamara and Jared Cook Latavius Murray had 119 yards rushing and two touchdowns And Michael Thomas had 130 yards receiving 131 yards receiving on nine receptions The game was 9-0 and then the Bears ran a kickoff back 102 yards. I mean, they could not move the ball at all until it was late and in garbage time. So they got a score there. It was 9-7. Then at one point, the game was 36-10 to before the garbage TDs for the Bears. They only had 17 yards rushing total. And their last three drives, they had 75, 57, and 30 yards. And they only had 252 total yards. So all those... Drives and, and all the points to make it 36-25 were late were garbage When the game was just never in doubt Raven-Seattle game This one pissed me off because I had the over here We had the over The over was 48 and a half And it was 30-16 to 16. We just needed another another 3 here somewhere And Lamar struggled This game was kind of wet Lamar struggled in the middle of the game Russell Wilson really wasn't great at all either um, Wilson was 20 for 41 And Lamar was 9 for 20 for 143 yards, but Lamar ran the ball really well, and and that's why there wasn't just an, another score that we needed. 14 carries, 116 yards rushing, and a touchdown for Lamar. 
And the Ravens now are 5-2. and two. And the fact that they were able to win a game like that when Lamar had a bad stretch in the game, one point, he went 1-for-9 for 33 yards, and in the red zone he was 0-for-3 with a sack, and on third down he was 2-for-5 for 16 yards, and only one of them converted the third down. As far as completions, two for five, and then one of them was a third down conversion. So he he wasn't great, and they still won. That game went under. We kind of been preaching the fact that Seattle. I don't think they're a bad team, but they had a couple victories that might maybe shouldn't have been victories, and that overinflates teams, and it kind of catches up with you at some point. I think that happened last week with the with Seattle. Before we get into the week eight. Slate and our plays for week eight. Want to let you know about probably hear all my papers shuffling in the background. Want to let you know about Thrive Fantasy. I play in this every week. If you play fantasy, like fantasy football, basketball, baseball, anything, they have contests for all. They have contests that you can get in for a buck, for two bucks, for five bucks, all the way up to a hundred. So depending on whatever level that you're playing, I'm in these contests every week. You can play against me, with me. Go right now and sign up. Oh, that'll be a great soundbite. You can play with me. Play with me. <laughs> Go sign up right now. ThriveFantasy.com and use the promo code Gino and just deposit 10 bucks. When you use the promo code and you deposit 10 bucks, you'll get a $10 bonus. So go right now and deposit 10. You'll end up getting 20 bucks and you can go mess around and, and check it out and, and see if it interests you. It's DFS, but it's different. It's based on prop bets. So you have to select the lineup based on 10 prop bets for the weekend. You'll select over or under, and there'll be a, a point total assigned to if you're going to pick over, you'll get 100 points. If you're going to pick under, you're going to get 80 points, You know something like that. And it'll be, is Tom Brady going to go over or under 250 yards passing? If you bet props, if you're very into props, if you just like DFS, if you want a little more action, go check it out right now. And every time you do, it helps me. I get a little chunk of uh, of it right back. So if you like me, if you like fantasy, go check it out. Make sure to use that promo code GINO and uh, you'll get that $10 bonus credit. But you have to deposit 10, at least 10. Deposit that 10 with the promo code GINO. NFL, week eight. Saw the Thursday night game, Washington, Minnesota. We'll recap that one next week for you. Seattle. Minus six and a half, seven at Atlanta. Not sure if Matt Ryan is going to be playing in this one, but he did practice. He looks like he's going to be in. Um, I, I just, this is a stay away for me. I feel like this is about right on. I feel like Seattle wins this game at least by a touchdown. They're better. They should be able to do whatever they want with uh, Atlanta's defense. And if Matt Ryan's banged up or not 100%, if Schaub's in the game offensively, is Atlanta going to be able to keep up? I just don't think so. To me, this is a game where I stay away from uh, overall. One, I have five plays for this week. One of them comes in the Philly at Buffalo game. You can get this game now um, at two and a half for Philly, plus two and a half. You know, I actually don't mind the the Philly money line either. Yeah, look around if you can, you know, get the best money line that you can find. Philly has a really bad secondary. But can Buffalo exploit it with their offense? When we think Buffalo, we don't think great passing game, right? We think more of a defense, a good defensive team that can, you know, just keep the score low and then maybe Allen can make some plays. Philadelphia 
absolutely needs this game They were miserable against Dallas last week They're still a little bit banged up But is Buffalo going to exploit them the way Dallas did? We already mentioned just a minute ago how bad Buffalo is in some of the metrics They struggled last week with Miami I take Philly in here to win this game straight up I'm taking Philly to win the game You can get plus two and a half points Also on Philly They cannot go to three and five That would be really bad for them To get a couple games uh, behind Dallas already I think this is a a game they have to win I think Buffalo's feeling a little bit better About where they stand right now at five and one Let's go Philly Plus the two and a half And play Philly a little money line there Chargers at the Bears The Bears are three and a half Four point favorites Depending on where you look The Chargers are two and five right now but do you trust the Bears and Trubisky? There, there's bad vibes. There's bad mojo. I think Nagy's kind of getting a free pass over there. He is, but was supposed to be this offensive whiz, and he has not been able to get. They haven't been able to run the ball. He hasn't been able to figure out a way to make Trubisky not look horrendous. I mean, he has some talent. Trubisky. He can move. He can, you know, run a little bit. He's not a complete statue in the in the pocket. You should be able to figure something out to make him at least with your defense. And, you know, the the Bears should be able to run the ball better. So, this is another stay away game for me. Three and a half, four. I just, I would lean the Chargers. But I don't, I mean, on the road at Chicago, I just, no play. New York Giants. At Detroit, Detroit is my minus six, six and a half. I'm seeing, yeah, this is another stay away game for me. I like, I think Detroit probably wins this game by a touchdown. But Detroit and they, they're coming off a couple really bad loss, um, tough losses, three games in a row that I mean they probably went into feeling they were going to win a couple of the games. They got screwed against Kansas City. They had poor officiating against Green Bay. Same thing, and then last week. Game on paper looks like it was a blowout But a couple, literally a couple things Go differently and Detroit can Win that game Did they bounce back here? I think they do They're playing a team that they're just better than The problem is is Can they run the ball now? We know Johnson's going to be Out, it's going to probably be a lot of Passing, Giants secondary not great So I would lean Detroit in here But this is not going to be one of my five plays For the week Tampa at Tennessee I mean Tennessee they got lucky to win that game against the Chargers last week. We can rip the Chargers all we want, but they should have won that game last week again. They figure out ways to blow games. Tennessee did nothing. That was all on the, the Chargers as far as winning that game. Now they're back home. They're a two and a half point favorite, and this is the type of game Tennessee loses. They do have Tannehill, though, and I cannot trust Jameis. So I'm going to stay away from this game But this would totally be a play Normally on uh, against Tennessee I just don't know if I trust Jameis enough To make him one of, one of my five plays So didn't, didn't this week Denver at Indianapolis Denver's coming off that Miserable loss to Kansas City where Flacco Was just crushed, he looked terrible Everybody just assumed that when Mahomes Went down, Denver was going to come back And that was not the case Now Denver goes and plays Indy Indy's coming off a couple really good wins. Indy is up to four and two now, and they are leading their division. I think this is a sneaky game, and I would lean Denver. I'm not going to play this game. It's four. Uh, Indy is a four and a half, five point favorite. 
I would take the Denver side. This might, you know, Indy just played a tough divisional game last week. I would lean, I would lean Denver on this side, but won't be one of my plays. Bengals playing the Rams. This game is in London. I hate when they have London games in the middle of the card. The purpose of having a London game is to be a standalone game. Have that game at 6.30. Everybody likes the early game. Even if you're not someone who likes to get up early, you don't mind when you're getting up if there's a game on right there. It's one game. It's not going to, you know, it's not hard to set your lineup the night before. I just, I don't understand. Why? I, I, you have to imagine from like a rating standpoint, more people. Th- this game in the middle of the day, who's going to be paying attention to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Ram or the Bengals Rams game? And in the middle of in early in the morning, everybody would be. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. Rams are twelve and a half point favorites. This is a tough place to play the Bengals, and this is a game that I just stay away from. I, the Bengals have looked like one of the worst teams in the league, but could the Rams be up by, you know, seventeen and the Bengals score late? Yeah, so I I stay away from this game, and I don't feel like we have to bet it because it's not the early standalone game, right? It's just going to be one of the others. Cardinals at New Orleans Saints. I mean, one of these days the Saints are not going to cover, and maybe it's this week. There have been talks about. Drew Brees possibly coming back I don't know why they would And why not just wait another week or two When Teddy has been So good um, And in the Division um, they, They're I mean they've been We all figured New Orleans going to lose a couple games at least Or be in some trouble when Brees went down and they're 6-1 and one right now I, I would lean Arizona though 10.5 is too much Arizona can move the ball New Orleans definitely looks like one of the best teams in the league This just feels like maybe A a game that they don't get up for New Orleans Playing Arizona coming in So I would lean Arizona But won't be one of my plays You know who we are going to play? Our boy Sam Darnold He saw some ghosts last week This line has already moved Two points Now I think it's actually moved two and a half points It's up to Plus seven. I just clicked and made the wager on the plus seven. They're playing at at Jacksonville, and the Jags D isn't as good as we think. I like the Jags. They're feisty, but this feels like too much. This game should be like four, four and a half, right where it opened and kind of where where it was hovering, and then it moved up to six, six and a half, seven. Now too much. Everybody saw Sam on Monday night. The Jets looked horrible. They just played the Patriots. This defense is not as good. I think the Jets are going to run the ball and this game is close. Jacksonville doesn't really blow anybody out. Mentioned even last week, they won that game against the Bengals by 10 and they really should have won by a lot more. They just don't feel like the type of team that's going to, you know, win by win games by 20 and I think that keeps the Jets within striking range. So the Jets off that horrible, horrible week. Everybody's going to go the other way. We go the opposite with the Jets. Carolina at San Francisco. That's a really good game. And I know a lot of people are, are on the Carolina side. I'm staying away from this game. Um, I do think that six might feel a little bit high. It's five and a half, six points if you're on the, the San Francisco side. They're a five, six, five and a half point, six point favorite. But both of these teams, defense have been very impressive. I've not been, you know, I've 
I've not been as high on San Francisco's schedule. Uh, what they do week in and week out is really impressive. This feels like a stay away for me because I just I can't get a real good feel for it. So it, it, this will not be in my uh, in my arsenal this week. But the next two games on the slate will Cleveland, the Browns. Yes, at New England, we are playing the Cleveland Browns minus or plus. 12 and a half or 13 Of course we're going to take the plus 13 Because we're on the Browns side That's just too much The Are the Browns sloppy? Yes Do, uh, You know, All of the metrics on paper Look like all of the numbers and stuff They're worse than they look when you watch the games They've been really unlucky with some drop passes That have turned into interceptions They've been Screwed in at least two games by the referees also Because what happened, the Browns Came out week one And they were horrible and they had a ton of penalties And so they kind of set this They set themselves as this Sloppy, undisciplined, penalized team So anytime there's an either or Call, a play that could go either way The refs always penalize the Browns And I don't know if that's going to continue to happen it, it, it sure might Because they're the kind of team that talks But I don't think when you watch their games they're not as bad as the bad teams that the Patriots have been heavily favored over, like the Jets or the Dolphins. They're just not. This this Browns defense is very good, and they can run the ball. They're, they have a top five rushing offense in the league. Now, if they stuff them and make Baker throw, and that's where the secondary, now that's where they can get in trouble, but 13, that's a lot against a Browns team that's competent. They're, are they bad? And yes, but these are the type of teams that I like to bet because when the Browns are bad, they look so bad that everybody gets just overreacts. Those those are the type of teams that you like to play. The teams that are really really bad are hard to play, and we're gonna have one of them as our plays this weekend. But the teams that are Jekyll and Hyde are inconsistent. I actually kind of like playing those teams because at least you know that this team has the ability to cover or to win again. Like if you told me the Browns beat the Patriots, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not going to bet that. I don't think it happens. I'm saying if you told me the Jet, like if you told me like a, a Dolphins team or a Redskins team or one of them beat the Patriots, I'd say no. And so people are, and this line is treating the Browns like it should be 9, 10, double digits, not 12, 12 and a half into 13 now. Way too much. The Raiders at Houston. Oakland has had this brutal schedule. Houston's minus seven in this game, the Texans. They have been on the road for a long time But they're going to get to go home next week And Houston's going to go to London next week Houston is 8-11-1 against the spread as a home favorite in their last 20 And they're only 1-2 this year They're not very good as a heavy favorite They're going to be missing Fuller They're missing an O-lineman who was a big, big key to... A two game streak where they started to really seem to gel and and then Howard missed last week and you could tell they were not quite the same offensive line. They gave up three sacks. Previous week, couple previous two weeks they had been held under under three, and that's the key number with Watson. One or two sacks and he's seven and zero. Oh. Let's go Raiders plus the seven. That's just too much. This Raiders team is feisty. Mentioned, you look on paper, does it look like they get blown out last week? Yeah, that fumble by Derek Carr really changed the everything in that game. He scores there, the Raiders go up. 
Maybe Green Bay doesn't come back with a long sustained drive like they had and they were able to score back-to-back touchdowns. It just changed everything. I like Oakland. Plus the 7 at Houston. Speaking of Green Bay, they are a 4-point favorite on the road at Kansas City in the Sunday night game. Kansas City will be starting Matt Moore. Now there are some smoke screens out there that Mahomes is practicing and he might be playing. I can't imagine they'll come right back with Mahomes, especially after they were able to get a win last week. But this is a big game. I mean, on paper... This was a Sunday night game, Mahomes, Rodgers, these would have been two of the best teams in the league. It probably loses a little bit of the luster with Matt Moore in there, but he's capable. You know, you could do a lot worse for backup quarterbacks, and Green Bay's defense was really good to start, and they've been a little lackluster as of late. I'm staying away from this game, though. Kansas City is a four-point underdog at home with a very good coach, Andy Reid, with extra time to get more ready to play in this game, but I don't know. This to me is a stay away I like other spots and not this one as much But on the Monday night game We're going to play Miami Yes, the Miami Dolphins At Pittsburgh Plus 14 Should Mason Rudolph In Pittsburgh be a 14 point Favorite over anyone? No, Miami can actually Move the ball, they've covered their last two games Now, they're a much better team And a much feistier team with Fitzpatrick The last two weeks they actually look like How bad professional football teams normally look Not the way that Miami looked the first few weeks When they looked historically bad So they might be able to win a game now And I don't think they're going to win this game But if you told me this game was close or tied late I would not be shocked at all I'm going Miami Now Plus the 14 So let's recap the 5 plays Philly Plus two and a half at Buffalo. Look around for that money line too. Grab the biggest money line you can. I think Philly can win this game straight up. Jets plus the seven at the Jags. We're going to go Sam Darnold. Everyone's talking about the scene ghost. So that's built a couple extra points into this line. We have to take the Jets in here. The Browns plus the 13 at the Pats. Yeah, the Browns are coming off a, a bye also. They've had some time to prepare for the Pats. Uh, do I think they win this game? Probably not. Is there a massive coaching uh, t- discrepancy in here with Belichick and Freddie Kitchens, absolutely. But do I think the Browns are talented enough to maybe have Odell break one or Landry, you know, get open against that good Patriots secondary or Chubb break a run? Yeah, and and I think they can stay in this game. And the Patriots' offense is not great. the The Browns' defense might be able to, you know, hold this Patriots' offense at bay. So the real key will be. How fluid will the the Browns' offense be? Let's take the Browns plus the 13. The Raiders plus the 7 at Houston. Houston's not as great as a home favorite. I don't know if the Raiders can win this game, but I think it could be a little closer. That feels a little too high now up at plus 7. And then Miami at plus the 14 at Pittsburgh. This is just a a play against Pittsburgh, really. And and the fact that Fitzpatrick, I mean, he might be the the better quarterback, right? Is Fitzpatrick better than Rudolph? I think so. I don't think these teams are great. If you play, if two teams you don't think are great are playing, I'm always going to take the points in a spot like this. Miami plus the 14 at Pitt. Philly, Jets, Browns, Raiders, Miami, five plays for me. Let's close things out with a couple horse racing plays. So we have a few for Friday, October the 26th at 
Or excuse me, it is Friday as I'm recording this Saturday, October the 26th At Keeneland, four plays for you The first one, not as much of a Bet everything on But just keep an eye on this course And maybe throw him into some of your exotics In the fifth race at Keeneland, the number one descent The first time starter He's a little sneaky to me uh, Six uh, Going six furlongs, made in special weights In the fifth at Keeneland on Saturday The number one descent Now let's get to the other three that I really like uh, Let's go to race number six and we're going to go to the six Girlfriend Rocket This is not a, a very strong race And I don't know Who really wants to go long In here, I think some of the top contenders Might be better going a little bit shorter And that leads me to the six Girlfriend Rocket She tried the grass last time out Didn't run well, just put a line right through it It was at Kentucky Downs to Completely excuse that race And let's go back and look at the race on July the 18th At Saratoga That's key to me because I think this is a filly Who's always wanted to go long So when you look at her first couple sprint races You can really be forgiving I don't think they were bad And then she raced in January Then she That's probably a race you can excuse Because she didn't race again from January to June And then she came back in June That's another sprint I think her first four races are really hard to gauge And she showed what she is on July the 18th at Saratoga And she's a horse who can just kind of grind away I don't think there's a lot in here And that Saratoga race, she had a slow start She was last early, she was wide into the turn But then she settled pretty nicely She kept to the outside, and she was a clear-cut second that day I think she fits really, really well in here Mainly because, you know, everybody else And the the races they watch I just am not really impressed And I think Girlfriend Rocket fits well The six. Girlfriend Rocket If we can get anything over 7-2 to two, We'll make a win wager I think the line's a little too high So she should be around 7-2 to two on our line That's the 6 Girlfriend Rocket In the 6th at Keeneland Let's move to race number 9 Closing day at Keeneland And then a really fun uh, Churchill card That we'll get to for some Sunday races Right after this And on the ninth race at Keeneland It is the Fayette Why can't Mosito, Mosito Rojo Win this race? I think we look at connections And we look at Where he's kind of come from And we forget that, you know what, he just went over to Churchill Downs and won He's a multiple graded stakes winner And to me Why I like him a lot in a race like this Is his running style He's not a stone cold closer You know, if you have a horse who's a stone cold closer And they're stepping up in class I don't necessarily always like to use them Because maybe they just get outrun Against better but when you have a horse like this Who has a nice kind of tactical running style He should put himself right into the race He should be sitting just a couple lengths off And it should have every opportunity If good enough And I think he is I just Nobody in here scares me Tom's Diatot, sure he's capable of running a big race Mr. Freeze, capable of running a big race Val Harbor, sure they are But you're going to get a better price on Mosito Rojo Who's in better form than all of them The five In the ninth Mosito Rojo, anything over nine to two, let's make a win wager. You know, four to one over, let's take Mosito Rojo. And then the tenth race at Keeneland on Saturday, the twenty sixth. Let's go to the seven. Bye bye Melvin. Showed a little speed going long in the debut at Saratoga in July, and then came back on the 29th at Laurel. He broke well. He. Kind of taken to mid-pack Then he got hooked a little bit wide He was three deep, he was four deep He was in between He had wide trip It just it wasn't a great trip at all Multiple ways Now you get the jock who rode him 
in his debut back aboard, so he knows him a little bit. And Landeros has had a nice meeting at Keeneland. I got a feeling this guy, this guy is just better than what we've seen so far. The number seven, bye bye Melvin. Let's make a wager on bye bye Melvin. If we can get anything around six to one, we will play bye bye Melvin to win. So the Keeneland Saturday plays fifth race. Keep an eye on the one descent. Uh, just kind of throw them in, maybe using some exotics, and then the horses that we like to win. The sixth race, the number six, Girlfriend Rocket. The Ninth race, the number five, Mojito Rojo, Mosijo, Mosito Rojo. I've probably said that name ten different ways every time I say it. And uh, the number seven, by by Melvin in the tenth race at Keeneland. So fifth race, sixth race, ninth race, and tenth race are the plays there at Keeneland. And then we will move to Churchill Downs for Sunday. What's really fun about the Churchill Downs Sunday card is... It's all two-year-olds They have 11 races carded That are all two-year-old races Which you, you don't get to see all too often And it's really fun I love this card each and every year We get There's always a couple really nice horses That run on this card Before we get into it though want to let you know About one of the sponsors of That's What G Said Podcast Cindy Carava Right now go to cindycarava.com She's a full service realtor And she can help you out with anything that you need If you're you know, thinking about buying, selling, or leasing Make sure to get to cindycarava.com Send her an email cindyc.realtor at gmail.com I've known her personally for a decade She is one of the nicest and most genuine people you will ever meet She works out of the San Gabriel Valley um, And she's out of North San Diego County So she's all around Santa Anita She's all around Del Mar Husband Jack Carava Trainer We all know here on the Southern California circuit She can help you improve your home If you're just looking for Maybe landscapers or painters or gardeners If you need help with a loan She can connect you with people Who will be able to help pre-approve you And she has been a big supporter Of That's What G Said from the beginning So please if you are ever thinking about it Or right now just go put the, the website down And bookmark it Because if you're, if you're thinking maybe down the road You're looking to improve your home Maybe you just want to find out how much your home is worth Send her a message And she will give you the estimate Anything you need at all Make sure to tell her I said hello Absolutely love Cindy Carava Close things out At Churchill Really fun card to handicap With some of these future stars and we'll play two races on the card again. I'm, I don't. I'm trying to not go head on into anything too much right now with the Breeders' Cup next week because we always will play uh, quite a bit and uh, raise the bankroll a little on that day because the value is is there. The pools are a little bit bigger, and you can find horses that you know might be five, eight, ten to one that wouldn't be on any other day. Fourth race on Sunday, the 27th at Churchill Downs. The number Fourth race, the maiden special weight, mile and a sixteenth And we're going to go to the number five Cleopatra's Charm There's not a ton of speed in this race And Cleopatra's Charm comes out of a race Going seven furlongs at Churchill Downs She broke well She was In between She was you know within just a couple lengths But she was in a tough spot She, she was always in between horses She kept looking for like a smooth um, like a smooth Clear journey, a clear path And she couldn't find one 
And she still ran really well She looked like very mature And patient for a two year old Kind of hung in down there She angled out three deep and in between horses I thought she should have been second And maybe got eased up on a little bit late And that's maybe why there's a, a jock change In here to put Saez aboard And I just don't think there's any other speed in here I, I hope they put her right on the front end Even if she sits right behind I think she's going to be a very Very tough now what concerns me is This barn is really cold D. Wayne Lucas they haven't won I think they're Close to about the last 30 Look, Believe their last win was the very beginning Of September at Sarat- uh, The very beginning of September and it was at Saratoga Nonetheless, you should be able to get a little bit better price on her because of that. So let's just make sure she's seven to two. Cleopatra's charm, the number five we will play to win in race number four at Churchill Downs. And then we'll go to the tenth race. This is a fun race, the street sense. Now the money's gonna come in on South Bend. The money will there'll probably be some money on Tappet to win, but I, I I'm going to talk about the two inside horses the most And I think those are who I'm going to key in most of my exotics I do like Tappet to win Who was on the lead into the turn But he was taken back And he just didn't really seem to respond well He didn't want to take back And so he was kind of all all in early I wonder if they maybe just let loose with him And try to let him go Or maybe they've figured out that they can Get him to relax a little bit more But he's very talented And his best might be as good as any in here So if, if he is like around 4-1 to one, That's fair But I do like Sprawl the most And the real reason why I like Sprawl Yeah the win last out was very good It was actually the two back race where he was behind Maxfield who was your next out grade 1 Breeders Futurity winner And in the debut he was behind a nice horse named Godzilla Who came back out and was great at stakes placed in his second start Sprawl on September the 14th at Churchill Was in tight down on the inside He got squeezed back He was moving really well in between horses But he got backed up into By a tiring horse that was in front of him And he really had no shot to come on again And so you know you see the race He was actually favored in that race Over Maxfield Then he comes back and he was 7-1 to at Keeneland when he won I like Sprawl quite a bit in here. He's the horse to bet for me. Um, he should be right, like to me, seven to two. So anything over that, you're, you're wagering nice on Sprawl. The number two, Tap It Twin. Don't leave him out of your exotics. I don't really have any knocks on like on South Bend or Silver Prospector or some of the others in here, but I do think the two inside horses are your best two to use, and the number one Sprawl is the one to bet. So the two plays at Churchill, fourth race, number five. Cleopatra and uh, 10th race Number 1 Sprawl Use the number 2 tap it to win In your exotics That will do it for me folks And uh, I'm going to get started Right away on the the Breeders' Cup Handicapping right now and I'll hope to have A a full Breeders' Cup show Out for you not long after The final entries have been announced Next week so I'm going to get a lot of my Handicapping done over the next couple days That way when the entries come out All we'll really have to do is add in a little uh, jockey stuff uh, Who's riding where who Who's going in which races for sure The post positions And so there really won't be as much to have to finish up If you have a second Anytime you can go leave me a nice 5 star rating on iTunes Those are awesome They literally like putting cash in my pocket uh, Make sure to subscribe on iTunes Over on YouTube too We're going to try to blow up the YouTube channel over the next uh, couple weeks So we're going to be doing some uh, some YouTube exclusive stuff on there So make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel Uh SoundCloud, Google Podcast, tune in anywhere you get your podcast. That's what G 
said Thank you everyone Have a great weekend Let's make some money Joey my friend Close us out